0: It's been a minute. I think I said that the last time it had been a minute. I I think I came back on here probably in the fall of last year um, just to explain my absence and to plug my new podcast, TX Forever. And yeah, that's going strong. Um, it's been a really <laughs> kind of crazy, uh, sad, fun experience. Um, my best friend Carly and I, we decided to launch a podcast during quarantine because we had nothing going on. And we'd always wanted to launch one and didn't think we could um, until we were remote. And all of our podcasts, all of our favorite podcasts went remote and didn't really lose any quality. So we launched it. We started unpacking things that we hadn't talked about. Um, Carly was diagnosed with stage four cancer when we were 16. And Uh, we found a lot of parallels with jason street's story who has a life-altering injury happen so we started unpacking that and that was beautiful and then like a month into the podcast carly's cancer came back because 2020 sucked so but the beautiful news is that through all of that we podcasted um, she podcasted in the hospital a few times Um, i got to go see her so we did it in person We've had on some amazing cast members that we never thought we'd be able to get, and we've been able to share our story with them. And she has finished treatment and is doing really well. So, so all that is to say, uh, TX Forever is much more than a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. Um, even though that's our show, we love it, and we think everyone in the world should watch it. By the way, it's on Peacock and Hulu. But you know, we talk a lot about grief and. Trauma and other TV shows, and just a lot of things. So yeah, tune into that. Uh, follow us at TX Forever Pod and wherever where you get your podcasts. But sorry, I just had to plug that because that's because I had to. But today we are not on TX Forever. We are on Monologue, and this podcast I started just for fun and. a lot of random things with it and you might have seen i got rid of the seasons that i had um, because that was back when i was kind of regularly putting out content so now it's you know me explaining talking about my music it's me talking about tv shows through the enneagram lens it's me reviewing movies with my friends and it's me having a lot of conversations with artists in nashville and now going forward you know this is not season three this is not whatever This is just something that I want to do for fun, and I've had a lot of fun ideas um, with people that are either remote or here. Um, Life update. I live in Austin, Texas now, so yeah, it's going to be fun, but for the first one back, I wanted to do a solo podcast, which I've never done, and I just texted one of my roommates because she just came home, and we shared a should we share a wall and I said you know I'm gonna podcast solo so just don't think I've gone crazy and I'm talking to myself but it kind of feels like that but hopefully it's fine so yeah I wanted to do a episode where I talked about my latest single that I put out last year called Wings and that's all tied into <laughs> Carly and TX Forever 2 which I'll get into but um, if you've never checked out the podcast Song Exploder and there's also now a Netflix series that I have not uh, watched yet but Rishikesh Hiraway who is I discovered through the podcast Gilmore Guys has on some incredible artists and bands and they explode their song they talk about all of the nuances production wise lyric wise all the inspiration and stuff so I just thought it'd be fun for the first one back to kind of do that so I've pulled a bunch of uh clips just from the song that I'm going to play and talk about so I don't know if anyone (laughs) really cares about that but it's gonna be fun for me I guess here alone so yeah the background of the song is also crazy I it was the 10-year reunion or the 10-year anniversary of Carly's foundation the Rutledge Cancer Foundation And we were going to have this big gala, gala, why is that word sounding weird to me, in 2020. And I believe it was going to be in September. And so I was like, you know what, I should write a new anthem for that. Because I had written this song when I was 16 called God's Embrace that people still lovingly love, which is very sweet because I'm going to play it for you today and sound like a chipmunk. But um, yeah, I wanted to write a new song for a new era, and kind of make it universal, um, something that, you know, anyone going through something hard or disheartening uh, could find hope in. So I had already started writing a song about hiding in your own wings, because I had just thought about that image of, like, a, how a bird sleeps in its own wings, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, like, you don't want to hide in your own potential or hide in the very mechanism that can get you places and so I'm kind of glad that it started as something else because I think if I would have set out to write an anthem I don't I don't know what would have come out and it might have felt forced so I had started writing just this song called Wings and my friend Lindsay Sweat who is an artist um, under the name of Trella she's great check her out I also have an interview with her on this podcast so check that out as well uh, we got together, we started writing it, and it was really just a uh, kind of a assignment for myself to attempt to write something positive, because that is not natural for me in my music, and so, yeah, we wrote a verse that I, I rewrote a lot of, and then we kind of came up with the melody of the, of the chorus that is now in there, but that was basically it, and it was one of those writes where we're like, yeah, great start, we'll pick this up later, and we never did. So I picked it up after I had the thought of writing an anthem. And I was like, wings, duh, because the symbol of the Rutledge Foundation is a butterfly. So come on, it's just kismet. So I started writing it again. And yeah, I wrote, you know, first, chorus, first, two, all that. And then I was like, mm, I can do something that will satisfy the adults in my life because... Carly's mom still loves God's embrace. A lot of those moms do. I think some, some of my classmates still do. Of course, I still love it. I just want to caveat that it's just it. You'll you'll see. But she wanted me originally to perform that at the gala, and I was like, I don't know. I just, Uh, of course, I will. But it it feels very immature. It just feels very behind me, and so I was like, but there's you know there's beautiful parts that song and. So, I made it the bridge and it worked kind of perfectly, but that's kind of why the song kind of becomes so different. It's really upbeat, as you'll see, and then it goes into this bridge that never really builds back up. And so, yeah, when I told Carly that, she was like, my parents are going to pass out <laughs> when they hear the bridge. Um, but yeah, it, it made me really, yeah, it made me really excited to be able to repurpose that. It felt like I don't know, putting a part of your mother's wedding dress on yours or something. I think that happened, what, oh, in oh, uh, 27 Dresses, but it's actually not a sentimental moment, so we'll move on from that. But, yeah, it, it was, I remember playing it on the piano for the first time, I was like, oh, this works, and it made me really happy. So, yeah, why don't we go ahead and dive into the song? I think that's a good overview. So, yeah, let's just listen to the first part of it. Go from there.
1: Tired of seeing hope as it occurs Rehearsing the details in my mind to watch them crash and burn Cause I've never seen my face before
0: Cool. So I want to talk about the lyrics of this. I, I think I wrote kind of a piece about not seeing hope as a curse anymore. And that's something that I've been trying to do lately. And that was a, it became kind of a joke to hear that in 2020, right? Like I wrote that at the beginning of 2020 and then it was like, oh wow. But I think I wanted to write against the thing that I always think that if I say something, or if I boldly, you know, say this is gonna happen or whatever, that it's not. And that's not true. And I mean, it's not only not true, but it also, it gives me way too much power over what happens in my life. And if anything, this year, this past year has taught me that I have absolutely no control. So I really liked that opening line. So tired of seeing hope as a curse oh yeah and I think I I think Lindsay helped me with that with the rehearsing the details in my mind just to watch some crash and burn she kind of succinctly made that part because I was I was explaining this whole concept to her and I was like okay but how do we make this huge thing into you know six words and then the line about I've never seen my face before I can't remember who I heard that from but yeah you know you've never seen your face before right that crazy Like you've only seen your face in the mirror or a face, your face in a photo. And it's kind of like, well, duh, but you don't really think about it that way. And we have to remember that we, we see ourselves very differently than other people. And so I'm just seeing reflections of what I believe of myself or, uh, perceptions that I've, you know, added on as layers over the years or whatever. So that's what that line means. And then the rest of those lines are pretty self-explanatory. But I like how simple they are. And then production-wise, speaking of that, my friend Dylan Burns, who's done uh, a lot of my music, he did a lot on my album. He did Shortcut. He's done a lot. He's done Loose End, all that. And so he uh, did this one, and I, I absolutely love what he did. I, I said the, the piano is very, like, 80s, which we'll hear. Well, you heard at the beginning, but you'll hear soon. Um, very, like, Bruce Hornsby, which was cool which maybe that's later 70s but you get it and i just like the pulsating beat or bass that he brings in here and just starts kind of building the song so let's move forward
1: shall we but I don't That
0: was actually chorus two. I wanted to show you kind of the full picture of that chorus. And can we hear that drum fill like five more times?
1: It's so good. One more time.
0: It's so good. Dylan killed that. I love that drum fill so much. It just makes it so interesting. Just those little touches just really add a lot. So yeah, that chorus, I don't want to hide in my wings. And again, it's a really, you know, simple message. If I can believe in myself, then I can do anything, you know. But that's what this song was supposed to be. It was supposed to be just simple truth um, and and hopeful. And also the fact that, you know, you are the only person that can take you where you're meant to be. It reminds me of this tweet that I saw recently of of Shrek. Uh, lying in bed looking a little annoyed and it just says when you remember that your life is up to you you know but it's true guys so moving along even though that was chorus two we're gonna skip back to verse two and talk about it a little bit
1: only birth.
0: that drum fill guys Woo. um so i know why i pulled this clip i'm gonna play this again Only in that make- in so this part I right, here. Me right
1: here oh, yeah. the-
0: so dylan i guess we started it obviously yeah we started it and then quarantine happened and i was in connecticut for many months as you may know from my Instagram or my other podcast, um, and so Dylan was sending me mixes, right? And I was sending thoughts back. And at that point, I just was like, ah, I just keep hearing, and I, you know, I sent him, I sent him this voice memo, just like I'm doing now. It's like I just keep hearing, oh, right. So that is actually not me. That is Mister Dylan, and he's done that in a few of my songs. There's some like little background vocals that, uh, we just wanted a little, little uh, taste of. And so i going to play it one more time, knowing that it's not me. It's a dude.
1: Only in that I love that. And then the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always a safe Comfort over
0: so those were all Dylan's ideas. Um, he's great at being like, add, you know.
1: Even in all of mine. Yeah.
0: So also just for people that aren't musical, again, if you are, or even if you aren't you're like, yes, Monica, I know this, hit the 15, whatever. I don't need to mansplain, but a lot of people ask what a producer's role is. And a lot of the times when you're talking about a producer, you're probably also talking about the engineer, the mixing engineer, and quite possibly the master Uh, The person that masters it, because you know, if you're talking to an indie artist or an, I guess, an indie uh, producer, they're kind of doing everything. If you're a big artist, you know, you might have several engineers, um, and that just means all the techie stuff, you know, setting up the mics, uh, you know, setting up the Pro Tools session, yeah, just doing all the techie stuff, miking the instruments and all that. And then the producer is more creative, which I'll get into. And then the mixer or the mixing engineer, um, is mixing it. So mixing all the tracks. I'm doing like levels. Um, There's something called EQing. So making it just, uh, I don't really know how to describe it. This is where the, this is the peak of my knowledge, but mixing just basically you're cleaning up everything. That's a really basic way to say it. And then mastering is bringing it up to a commercial level volume. So when you hear like the master recording, that is the one that's going on Spotify or whatever. But like I said, there's a lot of jack of all trades when you're working with smaller artists and um, smaller producers. So Dylan probably did everything. I think he didn't master it. He usually sends it off to get mastered, but he did everything else. And going back to what a producer does, you know, they'll, they'll be really creative. So I might write a song. And kind of early on in my career, I didn't know what I wanted. You know, I had a vague idea of what I wanted things to sound like. But um, my friend Will Smith, not the Will Smith, who I did Human Heart with, who I'm going to be working with soon, which that's exciting. So stay tuned. He did my first project. And I just remember basically being like, yeah, I kind of wanted to sound like this or whatever. And he just kind of took it and ran with it and was able to really end up capturing what I wanted but now after having a lot of years under my belt or several years under my belt of doing this when Will and I talked about the song that we're going to work on now I was like no I'm basically I'm more of a co-producer now because I know what I want and I'm more involved in that process I just can't physically do it I can't you know I could create a really bad demo in GarageBand and be like, I want it to sound like this, but like 10 times better and you know what to do. So that kind of thing. So all that is to say those like, oh, that was a producer thing. That was kind of my producer moment. And then Dylan's was everything else. So it's like the uh, keeping it all in my head. And then the fact that it goes, head, 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 you know, all that. But yeah, for an example, for like other things of my songs, like Shortcut, the... The idea of it starting sounding like a record player, like the needle drops, that was my idea. So that was like a producer-y idea. And the fact that it would kind of like sound a little like kind of creepy and analog-y and then it would hit and be like boom and R&B, poppy, all that stuff. But... Yeah. So that's kind of your producer brain. So for this song, really, Dylan did all the production stuff. I, I had ideas, but I wasn't there for a lot of the process. So he nailed it. So let's move on to the God's Embrace part. And we're going to play the old version a little bit too, because I finally found it, y'all. I was searching... I guess it's off iTunes now or iTunes is dead. I don't know. I think I was able to find it on an old YouTube video. So we've got it. But first I will play the Wings version, the Wings Bridge.
1: Find you one of these days. Someone like you is in God's singing,
0: and then it goes into a down chorus and. This is something that I, that I like to do. I'll maybe supplement a a line that didn't end up making the chorus. So here I say, Oh, high in my wings. Afraid I'll be weighed down by heavier things. Which sounded meh in a big chorus, but it kind of hits harder. or it works in the down chorus. So yeah, that's how it ends. But so this is the part this was the chorus of the first song that I wrote Miss Carly Relidge 10 years ago 11 years ago probably now and so I will play a little snippet of it and I'll also play the chorus where I just really don't nail it and what I kind of love is that the love I didn't quite nail it in this one I don't know if you heard it I'm going to play it one more time like it's not perfect and i remember when dylan sent me that mix i was like was that the best take and he was like yeah and i kind of love that i didn't nail it because for some reason 11 years later i still whatever that note is i don't know or that interval i just can't i can't nail but i kind of love it because it's real so without further ado the og god's embrace
1: Voices night and day.
0: I, I, I just cannot believe I was sixteen. I, I, I sound like I'm twelve. I, I it's just oh, it makes me smile. It's so funny. Oh, I mean, I, I you know, I nail those little, eh, little riffs. But damn, was I nasally. I just, it's, it's pretty funny. It takes me back. But yeah, as you can see, the ah, this has always been a little hard for me, and I. I love it. But yeah, and what's really sweet is that I think that Blake, who is Carly's older brother, uh, recorded this for me. And now Grant, her younger brother, helps us mix and do all the engineering things for our podcast. So full circle, just all the things. So yeah, so I just had to play all that. And obviously, I changed the words a little bit too, if if you noticed, it was even when I'm not there, you know, you're not alone, um, to, what did I change it to? Um, follows you wherever you go. Oh, just believe it. So that just like, it felt right in a, in a bridge, just more simple, but I don't want to end on that. Let's, let's, um, let's hear how my voice has matured. It still just blows my mind.
1: And really it's gonna find you
0: Yeah, I don't think I my voice dropped until like 21. Honestly, I mean, human heart was when I was 19. And you can really tell still how young my voice is. So it's just funny. Monica hit puberty at 21, I guess. So there you have it, y'all there. That is wings. That is God's embrace. That is the story. This will be the only monologue on monologue. Every other episode. will have a guest just a PSA. Um, I wish I had Dylan here to talk about all the technical aspects, but I'll have him back on for another release if we work together, or maybe I'll have on Will. Who knows? But if you want to hear more of this kind of stuff and this technical uh, jargon, uh, the first episode of Monologue, we go through my entire album, and I talk about Lyrical stuff, and he talks about production stuff. And I think we—it was my very, very first podcast, so we rambled, ramble about a lot of things. So feel free to skip forward because that's when I didn't know what what really worked with a podcast. And do I now? You tell me. No, really, I'm planning on you telling me. Ah, I need Carly here. That's Parks and Rec. Anywho, thanks for listening, guys. We're gonna sign off with a little wings here at the outro and. Yeah, stay tuned for more episodes. I'm really I'm excited. I I have some some ideas in the works. Uh just a tease. Harry Potter, mental health, marriage, faith deconstruction, all that and more is coming. So thanks for tuning in. And go listen to Wings on Spotify and share it with a buddy. All right. Love y'all.